My name is Nick Nunziata. Alongside me is Justin Waddell and Steve Murphy. How you doing? Hey. Hello. Josh Brolin dies at the end of Into the Blue, but it's not that he dies that makes the the, the event so spectacular. It is how he dies. See, Holy crap, I didn't know he died. See, here's the thing. The film's plot is labyrinth in but we're going to spoil it for you. Josh Brolin, who is set up as a peaceful, competitive captain of another ship, is in turn the villain of the piece, which surprised many. Yeah. <laughs> it surprised those 12-year-old girls who were like sitting 13 rows behind us, giggling the entire time. Yeah, they were surprised. They giggled. I, hey, I hope they giggled. They were probably ogling Paul Walker. And yeah. we were giggling because... Well, we were ogling uh, Jessica Alba's rear end, her hindquarters. There are so many shots where the cameraman was practically uh, a proctologist. Yeah, that would have that been me as a cameraman. That's why I appreciate this film so much. It's excellent. Anyway, the thing that made this film really sink in as something special happens in the last three minutes of the movie. I like how you did that. Really sink in. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> this film is a treasure trove of entertainment. Why don't you give? Why don't you before you spoil the ending where Josh Brolin uh, dies, um, and and the protagonist go on to murder in diehard fashion a lot of the villains? Why don't you set up the plot for us? Now? That won't take long. Wait, the plot is Paul Walker wants to find treasure, mm-hmm. and he does. He does. They do, but uh, he oh. finds it inside the bathing suit of Jessica Alba, which is where I wanted to find the treasure too. Actually, he wants to find treasure, but instead finds a no. He does. A, he, yeah, he finds a crashed plane full of he cocaine. He finds both. He finds the a treasure like a sunken ship, which he's excited about. But over the kind of just across the ocean floor, there's also a, a cocaine-filled ship. You know what I'm saying? No. It's a plane. Oh, a plane. Yes, a cocaine-filled... Well, plane. Yeah. And but, but pilots do tend to call them ships. Yes. My ship is ready to take off. <laughs> check. Roger. Check. <laughs> do you remember that famous Twilight Zone episode? The There's a monster on the, the wing? ship's wing. <laughs> the ship's wing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anyway, so the the problem is that they, you know, they're just trying to find, you know, like gold doubloons. But in fact, they find that plus uh, the cargo hold in that plane, you know, is full of drugs. So then there, there's these mean guys patrolling the waters looking for those drugs. And making matters more complicated is the presence of Scott Kahn and Ashley Scott as uh, the best friend and his girlfriend of Paul Walker, who shows up. And mucks with everything. They do. They do. Yeah, and they want to get involved with the, to they maybe both, sell those drugs. They both, in one way or another, pay for their transgressions. Um, she gives more. <laughs> she, she's Ashley Scott's character leaves the film with... Uh, she doesn't get to enjoy the spoils of what they find on the ship. No. Well, I don't want to spoil the film. But if you ever wanted to see a movie in which Ashley Scott gets her leg eaten 
And her ass. By, and her ass by a shark and then dies on the operating room table. This might be the movie for you. I dare say that was an accidental death. I don't think the shark had any malicious intent. Just as an aside. He had delicious intent. He did. Justin, by chance, would your favorite spaghetti western be High Ship's Drifter? <laughs> and speaking of aside. That's not a spaghetti western. Do you western. think the shark was eating some plankton and had a side of Ashley Scott? Or was that his main course? Sharks are carnivorous. Plankton is just boring shit. Sharks eat meat. Not in, I don't mean to say this, but not in shark's tail. <laughs> well, the, the whale shark sifts little shits through its shit. But I think most sharks enjoy eating shit. Which is why he bit off the ass part of Ashley Scott. He was looking for some shit. And he just accidentally got... Ashley Scott's You gotta wonder if leg. he did get a mouthful of poop. You know he did. Because, I mean, when she's getting attacked, when she she was, she knew the shark was there. It wasn't like a mysterious arrival. She saw it and was freaking out. She probably shite herself. If it Would you blame like her? If it doesn't eat shit, maybe it was just trying to bite the shitty acting. Do you see <laughs> what I'm saying? Well, then he got the wrong person. He should have gone after Paul Walker, who is we'll get, shite. We'll get to that in a minute. But the thing about Into the Blue is... It's totally by the numbers, but it's surprisingly entertaining for most of its running time. There's nothing in there that really is all that original, but it does kind of change its tone. Yeah, it does. It gets violent. Four of the way through the film. And what I didn't, the thing I, I it kind of turned into a, a science fiction film to me when Jessica Alba's character leaves, midway through the movie, kind of leaves Paul, gets mad and, and leaves Paul Walker, who's her boyfriend. She, right. And then what, Strike, struck me is that he didn't kill himself when that happened. Yeah, but I when that, I thought that was a little far fetched. But she came back to him when she heard that Ashley Scott had her ass eaten. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Wouldn't you go back to Paul Walker after you heard that? The funny thing was, she shows up at the hospital and gives him a hug and says, "I'm just glad you're okay." <laughs> she gave him a hug. <laughs> she gave him a hug. And the funny thing is, here's the thing: um, Ashley Scott gets her. She dies of. In, of extreme ass devourment, right? <laughs> Her boyfriend, Scott Kahn, there's no grieving. It's immediately like, oh, nobody even goes to, like, the, the doctor doesn't say, I'm sorry, we lost the rest of her on the operating table. They hug Paul Walker and they leave. He's excited because he does, he does not have to split the spoils of war with her. You know, it, Instead of splitting it four ways, he now only has to do it three ways. So he's very excited that she's gone. See, but the thing is, like, why did they even go to the hospital? I mean, why did the only person who needed to be there, nobody was really concerned about. And when Paul Walker called Jessica Alba to say, hey, by the way, Ashley Scott's ass just got taken out. <laughs> I'm okay. She didn't really have to go to the hospital. I mean, it's, it's like, it's just, it's just, it's bad storytelling. And that's the only fault with Into the Blue is that <laughs> the hospital sequence doesn't really need to happen. Although I think it's great that she gets her ass eaten and I'm like, okay, well that sucks. And then the next thing you know, the doctors, you never see her again. The doctor's like, well. They don't ever, no, the doctors don't ever say anything. They just shake their heads. They just shake their heads like, what are we going to do with this? We, we can't repair someone who's missing an ass. Yeah, there's no donors waiting in the wings with asses. 
That would have been funny if they found a Jamaican person and gave her his <laughs> ass. Or Viggo Mortensen's ass. A little tail. You're melding two films together yeah, That's now. true. But no, honestly, I mean, like, Into the Blue, it gets very violent out of nowhere. And it gets very... Yeah, because I, I was kind of enjoying They were kind of digging around for the treasure, pulling out, like, crusty daggers and, and some, uh, you know, like, I don't know, ship parts. Ship parts. <laughs> I enjoyed watching that, and then all of a sudden it turned into Die Hard, which Actually, I, I, didn't, I, I, I did not mind either. I like know, that part better than the Die Hard part. Well, I don't think about Die Hard. People died pretty easy, especially her ass. There was a great fight scene uh, that Jessica Alba has in the movie where it's her against one of the villains, and it, at no point in the f- entire fight scene does that guy ever have the upper hand. He constantly have is to getting hurt. With you. <laughs> there's there's one point and it I, he does. There's a scene and I know this was not rehearsed. This had to be a mistake that they captured on film. During their grappling, he grabs her tit. He does, he does. They have a shot of him after he gets his hand smashed. He gets, he gets his hand, hand smashed. His hand destroyed. He gets like uh But he uses his good hand to, you know, create the, the nipple slip. That's what he does. He does. I mean he's he a good one. He gets he goes through a lot. And right before, and he's bleeding, and they're in the water. And right before he gets his, uh, I guess the shark, eat, a shark comes up and eats his uh, groin. Yeah. Right before that, he gets a nice little boob grab on Jessica Alba, and then is promptly groin bit. Mm-hmm. Then he then he gets groin bit. So which is worse? Instantaneously fills the ocean with blood. Which is worse than having your ass bitten off or your your man region bitten off? Well. I'm just wondering if it was the same shark, because that shark's got some uh, fine tastes. He might you know? have like a little interesting Frankenstein going on in his belly. Got like her <laughs> ass, his cock. <laughs> Who knows? He get that shark had a great day. He ate some ass, he ate some groin, and got to see that guy grab Jessica Alba's tit. It was like the best day I that shark had ever. I really hope the DVD has uh, the shark experience a moment of doubt. Where it's like, <laughs> I'm hungry as shit. Wait a minute, I kind of respect this guy, Crotch. You know, it's like he might have been aiming for the ass. You don't you know, know. He might have, like, he might not have had a ch- his eyes may have rolled back, and he might not have realized that this guy might be a role model. He's like, this is an easy target, easy target. He grabbed a tit. Hey, maybe I should back off and go eat some shrimp. It was too late. He was already heading towards him full bore. Right. He couldn't turn back. Now, when we f- now to getting to the end of the film. To Josh Brolin's demise. who is the villain? Josh Brolin is the main villain. They don't set him up as the villain, but that's the big reveal. He's he the is villain. the partners with one of the minor villains, James Frain. I can't believe you just spoiled that. And so it happens at the end. He's underwater, as they are in a lot of the film. And I don't know, Nick. Maybe you want to describe how he's dispatched. Um, he 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 survives. Well. <laughs> I don't think it was ambiguous. It was a trial by fire. What happens is this: um, Josh Brolin and uh, and uh, Paul, Walker. Paul Walker are struggling within the ship, sometimes yeah. known as a plane. <laughs> In the plane, the plane, and it's very close quarters. And one of them is on one end of the of the. Paul Walker's in the cockpit, trying to fiddle with a, a little device like a, it's an oxygen tank. He wants to send it hurtling at at Josh Brolin and Josh Brolin's got his little spear gun and he's on the other trying side trying to load it up trying to load it up and kick some ass with it and um, there's a, uh, a ship, shipment of drugs yeah, behind him and then there's apparently something explosive behind that very explosive very yeah. explosive and Paul Walker being the hero of the piece gets his shot off first and he misses 
He, the, the he oxygen misses Brolin. Tank, he misses Brolin. Well, yeah. He, the oxygen tank flies past Brolin, and it detonates the explosives behind Brolin. And what we are treated to is an explosion, but for maybe three seconds it or that, less yeah, it was of less just than that. immaculate filmmaking, we get to see the the stages of Brolin's defeat. And First goes the beard. His beard gets blown and off. And then his skeleton shows. And then we see, like, blood. we don't really see his skeleton. We see kind of, like, his musculature underneath. Yeah. His skin gets blown off. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> he gets his skin blown off in this film. <laughs> now, and, I like that scene. But and then he's just gone. We right? don't know if he died. You oh. have no clue. I like that scene, but what I didn't like was the snappy line that Paul Walker said when he came out of the water. There's a hole in my Brolin. <laughs> now, wouldn't the sequel be great if halfway through the film they find out that Brolin survived? <laughs> minus his flesh and his beard. Oh, his beard's still attached to a skeleton, though. So it's I just think guy the shark should have eaten a beard for its con- So they don't have it. an ass... Cock and balls and a beard. That would have been great. Like in mid-explosion, as he's realizing he's done for, the shark comes up and bites his dick off. <laughs> so, so wait, the shark would have an ass and two dicks. He's just real speedy. He's like, before you go. You know? <laughs> I'm collecting. I'm in the region. <laughs> Literally. And then on the way out, he takes a bite at the cockpit. <laughs> What a what a glorious film though. It's a confused shark. That's oh, a fun film. Justin, let's talk about the mop. Okay, the best scene in the film cuz I you know, and I I'm gonna, I want to kind of keep this movie a little bit mysterious to everyone. I don't want to give everything away. <laughs> but uh the best I known think, for its twists. At the about mid, the midway point of the movie when they kind of take they go out to the sea with, you know, the four, the four heroes of the piece, so to speak. Go out to um the ocean and and they kind of are in shark-infested waters, but you know they're kind of what kind of sharks are those? Are kind of harmless sharks? Uh, let's see. They, they're talking about the tigers are the dangerous ones. I don't remember. Which so one. these are the. I guess they're known as harmless sharks. So uh, <laughs> Scott, Scott Conker. Everybody's in the water except Scott Con. He's a little nervous. Everybody's in there. So then he feels like I'm nervous. I don't want to be swimming with the sharks, but I don't want to be the only guy that's a coward. So he grabs a mop, gets his scuba gear on, and jumps in the water. And then they have a scene where he is kind of fending off these little sharks with the broom. And the shark... Because it, it, it becomes... See, it's funny. When you take a mop into water, it becomes a broom. Oh, shit. Well, it's a, whatever. It's a mop. So basically, it's a he, he, he kind of pokes it at the shark, and the shark eats it. Like, grabs Runs it off. and leaves. <laughs> Runs off. <laughs> shark gets on his feet and tears ass. And then he... Does a little spring cleaning down there, which I thought was a nice little way to end that scene. But does he does he do a, a spring cleaning with the mop or a broom? What magical qualities does the sea have was, to turn a mop see, he into a broom? Just, he didn't have to wait. There's sponges everywhere down there. What what would happen if he'd taken a broom into the ocean? Would it turn into a mop? <laughs> if, I didn't know that, that it, the ocean had magical properties like that. It does. So all right, let me see. Then. What if you take a rake? Into the ocean. What happens then? Comes a shovel. No maybe way. The, maybe the shark thought that was... You dig, dig for some that treasure. Was, that was tre- See, that's what I thought was sad. That was treasure to the shark. The, the shark was a treasure hunter. Maybe that was the same the same shark. <laughs> <laughs> they got the ass, the cock and the balls, and a mop. 
Yeah, because I think that, and that if you wait past the credits, they show they have a scene where that shark's in this cave, and they have he has the uh, mop yeah. up against the wall, a piece of ass meat, mm-hmm. a bitten around groin. Right. You can't really tell what that is. And then he has like a Lego, like a, one little single Lego. And he's trying to figure out. Cute. He's trying to figure out what, which, which, well, the, which actually, piece remember, remember, there's another character that the shark takes out. Oh, we skip past that guy. Yeah. Nothing funny happens to him. Well, he's he gets harpooned he gets, in the eye. He gets harpooned in the face mask, which is not friendly. And I think, and then the shark takes him away. No, there's a couple sharks. I think this. What happens is he gets he starts bleeding, and he's like, "Oh my god, I get harpooned in the eye, but I'm still alive. Thank God, <laughs> I didn't die from that wound." And then the the sharks come up. There's a couple of them. They're friends, and they say, "You know what? Let's just finish this guy off." So what, what our listeners are learning, first of all, is that sharks live in caves. <laughs> I don't say they live in caves, but this guy had his cave, man. And they have Lego. One. <laughs> Which is useless. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was cute that he had to have the one Lego. But actually overall I had a good time. it's a fun movie. And I cannot wait to get the D V D because I want to get a screen grab of Josh Brolin's Deathlock face. Yes. I want to get okay. a shot of Jessica Alba's nip slip, which is also which is a screen grab within a screen grab. I get it. And then uh, the, wait, I want to get there's more. Let's see. You want to get the the sharp shark grabbing the mop slash broom? That's that's uh, that'd be a risk. Nick, it's a, it's a series of shots. But that's a great shot when he first grabs it, and then, yeah. then he's traveling away. And then it. you want to get the shot of Paul Walker walking on the ocean floor or standing. Oh yeah, on yeah. The there's a floor. shot where he's hiding on the on the bottom of the ocean while the boat goes around. And he's just standing there. It looks funny because he's he's standing. He's in a su- he's in like a superhero pose. But okay, Steve, explain your hatred for Paul Walker. He's no good. He's got no physical presence. He cannot deliver his lines at all. He sounds like a a nineteen year old surfer guy. I hate to disagree. He said, "Bro, come on, bro. What are you talking about, bro?" I don't bro? think he's. I think he's fine in films. You know I think saying? he's 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 one of those guys that is bland. And it's it works for him. He's I think pretty he's, bland, but he's I, in hit movies all the time, isn't he? That doesn't matter. I think yeah. he's garbage until he. he you always he need a steadying presence. You need that straight man, and Walker is a straight man. I mean, he's almost straight to a fault. He is vacant as an actor. I think he's capable of like. There are moments in here where I thought him and, and Khan had a really good rapport, and in Joyride, he was great. He, what are you hating him from? You, you like this movie, so he's sexually attracted to him, and he finds he's nervous. <laughs> too fast, too furious. You, do you like him in that or no? No, no you I didn't, didn't like see the second one, did you? I saw some. Of I it. like it a lot. I mean, they, I like they showed a preview. Did, actually, they showed a preview before this movie for another Paul Walker movie that looked kind of sharp. Yep, well, we'll see. What was mm-hmm. that called? I'm not writing him off by it's any chance. The I mean, new Paul Walker. You, you give everybody a you give everybody a chance. Who me? No, I do. I'm just oh. saying, I, I, I'm going to give him a chance not the film. It was called Running Scared. No Gregory Hines. Is that what it's called? Yep. Hey, it's, it's, the, guy the, that, it's the guy that did The Cooler directed it. Who's that guy? Wayne Kramer. Oh, my God. Wayne Kramer? Guess what else he's done? He wrote Mindhunters. Holy shit, he directed... But you know what else? He also created a TV series. He directed um, The Cooler and he wrote Mindhunters? No, no, he, he created a TV series that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Based on Mindhunters. You're fucking kidding. There's a Mindhunters TV series. Nick, you're lying. Nope, I'm serious. It's 2006. Who, who's in it? There's no names yet. <laughs> Guess I'll, what? There's I'll, no tell names who, ever. I'll tell you who won't be in it. Val Kilmer. <laughs> Christian Slater. <laughs> Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez. Everyone. The double Gonzalez. The double Spaniard. Do we Have we talked about Mindhunters yet on this 
on the on the podcast? I don't think so. Steve hasn't seen it? it, which is perfect. I'm, I'm very qualified to talk about it. Then. Mine hunters is something else. <sighs> Let me ask you this, Nick, because you've seen it, and what would you say was a better better death scene? Josh Brolin at the end of Into the Blue, or Christian Slater getting his legs getting turned into uh, icicles and then shattering across the floor. Uh, Josh Brolin by a long. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I thought the Christian Slater death was a little bit unexpected. Christian Slater, I mean, the effects were equally not great. Yeah. But Christian Slater's was telegraphed, way telegraphed, and Josh Brolin's was so fast and so unexpected, and I've never seen that happen. I've never seen that particular effect in a film before that it has to win. I honestly think that basically the script and the director probably asked for an explosion. And some animator said, you know what? I've got a frame to play with here. He's like reading a Deathlock comic. He's like, you know what? Let's 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 remove most of Josh. What did he do with the rest of his face that he took off? Is that is that still floating out there it's in, in CGI land? Bin. It's in CGI land somewhere. So you could use Josh Brolin's face for a future film. And his beard. And his beard, yeah. He's feeding He's feeding the cute little fish that were that swimming would be great. by the whole movie. That would be great. There were some cute fish in that film. They showed some flounders and some, some, some manta rays. There was a couple that were kind of uh, camera hogs. Remember they kept coming into the scene? Yeah. I thought, that, I thought they were kind of cute, you know? A little fish. But still, the uh, the most visible entity <laughs> was, was most, most definitely um, upskirt shots of bathing suits. Yeah, well... I didn't realize the bathing suit had the skirt. <laughs> Apparently, when a bathing suit hits the ocean, it turns into a skirt. <laughs> or it's like a broom or a mop. No, but I mean, like, I can't believe... I almost felt uncomfortable how... How... Really? How you could... How, like, the camera people were, like, inside their ass. I can honestly say I was not uncomfortable at all. I felt yeah, bad too. for the actresses. I was like, this is really gratuitous. I, I don't... not. I felt bad for them as I enjoyed the shit out of it. You know who else enjoyed the shit out of that? One of the sharks? <laughs> the shark. The met up with Ashley Scott. Because he liked, he liked the last shot, too. He's like, I'm about to enjoy the shit out of this. But in a more... And winked at the camera. In a more I've never heard of somebody way. dying from an ass bite. Well, you have now. I mean, she died of ass... She lost... What about, what about all the Hellraiser movies? No, I, I know what happened. <laughs> when she when she lost that, that nice ass, she... Ass bite? Not only did she lose that, but she lost the will to live. <laughs> she lost the will to sit. <laughs> well, she just lost the capability. I think, you know what? Here's a film I would love to see. The Further Adventures of the Assless Girl. What other names can you massacre? <laughs> All right, let's see. There's uh, G.W. Bailey. T.L. Hooker. Remember that TV show? <laughs> <laughs> News blast. What's that? Not a real guy. My T.L. Hooker or T.J. Hooker? Who's not the, new, the real guy? F. Murray Abraham. Oh, F. Murray. Man, F. Murray, man. He's been some He's been some good shit. He's an intense man, though. He is. He's saying he likes to camp. Hmm. He was very good in An Innocent Man. A good film. Let's <laughs> not push it. It's a good film. It was fine, and he was fine in it. I watched it like three weeks ago. Not the best movie ever. You're sick, it's, a, it's a good film. Also, You're like, an idiot. like MC Gang, likes to get naked in his films. Hence like, the nickname he has, F. Furry Abraham. 
F more of me, Abraham. This is not like Frank Frank Langella from Lolita, where he earned a nickname of Frank Longella. By who? Who, who gave him the nickname? Micah. Or Whoopi Goldberg started dating him after that. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not good. That's too bad they didn't produce any offspring. <laughs> that would have been a beautiful child. They would have been Skeletor. They would have been the Urukai. Do you think that she started dating him because F. Murray Abraham said no? <laughs> but I heard you were furry. Please go out with me. No. You were so once on Star to, Trek. Go away. To date the least attractive white person of all time. F. Murray Abraham, unavailable. Let me move it over to Well, she Frank is the least Langella. unattractive black woman of all time. She's the least so unattractive perfect. black woman? Whoopi that makes Goldberg. her the most attractive. What? He says she's the least unattractive black woman. <laughs> the most unattractive black woman. She is the she's, most she's short giant. She's no good. I would say, it's actually, a brilliant to me, the least, least attractive black woman to me is... F. Murray Abraham. So unattractive, <laughs> he eclipses all categories. Really? Yes. Is it because his face looks like geography? His face looks like <laughs> the aftermath of Josh Brolin's face at the end of Into the Blue. Now now we're full circle. He doesn't have acne. He has ack the whole damn leg. <laughs> I, I I prefer actors who we wish were dead. Okay. As a segment. I don't like that though. That's mean. Bill Pullman? Why? You don't like Pullman? He's dreadful. Did you ever Okay, did you, unbelievably dreadfully so, first boring. First of all, you're fucking see, wrong. He, he didn't see zero effect. Did you not see zero effect? No. That would change That's it. Just see it and I'll change it. Your mind it would be Z's effect cuz no. he put you to sleep. He's amazing. He's great in that movie. It's a great movie. He's a piece of Pullman. The bread? He's horrible. I wouldn't not I wouldn't disagree with you to say that he is a piece of Pullman. Yes, he is. He is <laughs> He but is he's a, also great and he's, he's a boring film. gentleman. He started in a David Lynch film. How could he be boring? He's in also in Kyle Serpent McLaughlin the Rainbow, started man. in a David Lynch film. Fun. What? Kyle McLaughlin was in a few what, Lynch films. What, what do you hate Kyle McLaughlin he's, was great too in movies. No, I don't mind McLaughlin. I'm talking about Pullman. Pullman is boring. And what? Everything. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for clarifying, Steve. And everything. What is that? Everything. What is it? What? He is shite in Independence Day. Okay. He is shite in the other films that I saw him in that I don't remember. Sure he wasn't just. He was. Wasn't he? Was he just maybe Born. mimicking the future president of the United nah, States? He's just a dull so guy. Based on his performance on. He's just a dull fella, or at least that's the way he comes across to what me in films. You didn't like him in Spaceballs. So no, I didn't. Dollfellow translation: Steve wants him to die. <laughs> right. So that's actor number I one. I think that you need to see uh, Zero Effect. To actor number mind. two would be Duchovny. Oh, what? Also dull. I've but, seen more presence in a plank of wood. I've seen less presence under your tree, bitch. <laughs> 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 but wait, he. I mean, come on, Fox Mulder. Excellent, excellent character. He did great as that One character. One of the great why, characters ever. Why do you hate great what? characters ever? Where television? Yeah, television. Oh my god! Sorry, Harvard professor Murphy. Television too good for you? The the man with one expression the entire time. Bewilderment. I can't believe I'm working. 
He's great on the show. I can't believe someone's paying, He's great paying on the me. I am, I am such drivel. He's horrible. Okay, so you're wrong on first count, wrong on second count. Who's the third count to knock this out of the park? I'm not sure. Not a big fan of that Jesus guy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of boring. Didn't do much. Oh, Jamie Gertz. Back in the day. Back Remember? in the day. She was not bad back in the day. She was very nice. Crossroads. <sighs> Lost Boys. Twister. Like to cross her roads, you know what I'm saying? I wish the freaking Twister had taken her away, though, because she was horrible in that. I'd like to twist her, you know what I'm saying? No. What are you saying? I'd like to listen to me. What are you Feel saying? <laughs> I like the girts in that. Feel me? I, I don't get you. Well, no, what, wait, what, what are you saying there? I'd like to lose some of my boys. <laughs> Justin Waddell is a moron. He just said that Peter Coyote is a famous person. He is a famous person. You said you said this this movie has this is what you said. This movie has no stars, Peter Coyote's in it. Nobody famous, Peter Coyote's in it. Don't tell me there's nobody famous in a film and then mention a famous The only person. people who care are the kids in Mexico. Coyote ugly. Who were told at bedtime to behave lest the Peter Coyote come for them. And they said, you mean the coyote that eats your dick? They said, no, the actor. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the roadrunner? The one with the walkie-talkie. The guy with the eyebrows. The guy who likes to have sex. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for narrowing it down. You must be talking about Peter Coyote. <laughs> Listen to the names of the Living Dead sequels. Return of the Living Dead 4, Necropolis. Okay, that sounds promising. What about the fifth one? The best. Return of the Living Dead 5, Rave to the Grave. <laughs> that sounds promising What was the third well? one called? Return of the Living Dead 3. Well, yeah. That one came out a number right, of years ago. There was ago. no subtitle. No. Brian, Brian Yuzna directed it. Yeah, that that one had that, that girl that... Are, she's kind of a B, big B-movie actress for a while. She's on the OC now. I hated this two sequels. But what... Yeah, the second one had that Michael Jackson Melinda thriller Clark. joke. Yeah. Mindy, Mindy Clark? Melinda Melinda Clark? Clark. Yeah. The second one had the Michael... The, the she's thriller not a bad-looking girl. Hang on a minute. The second one had a thriller joke? Yeah. How'd it go? It's just there's zombies, all these zombies, and then in the middle, they're getting like electrocuted or something, and all of a sudden there's a Michael Jack, Jackson zombie in the you know, really? his red jacket. They do a little dance routine? Kind, you know, in which film? The second Return of the Living Dead movie. Yeah. But we're not... Officially, we're not looking forward to these films. Officially or unofficially. What's the consensus? And they're directed by the guy who did Eight-Legged Freaks. Now, let me ask you... Both of them? Yes. I'm, exci- I'm always you, excited about zombie film, though. Let me ask you a question. If Paul Walker's in it. He's perfect. They don't need makeup. He's a zombie actor. Are any of the actors famous that are... No. In it? The only actor you may have heard of is Peter Coyote. Well, you, he can't be in it because you just said that there's nobody famous in it. He's not famous. Do you remember him in E.T.? Yes. Okay, there you go. He's famous. Um, what's... Um, Robert... Ma something. The brother. The big brother. Is he famous? He was in E.T. 
had more screen time than Peter Coyote. Oh, he did. What is that guy's name? It's like Robert Mick something. What's he doing now? Punishing himself. He's probably, let's see. I'm going to look him up. I don't think he's in the new E.T. I think he was replaced with a walkie-talkie. No, that's if James Gunn were in the film. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Deep. E.T. is vastly overrated anyway. The guy? Yeah, the little creature. <laughs> that guy that guy can't can't fix a ship worth the worth the damn the entertainment he, show. He's a botanist. Is he? Yeah, so he was a botanist from outer space. That was the, Robert McNaughton. He's a Peruvian. What's he doing now though? His last appearance <laughs> he's he's been busy. Nineteen eighty seven. That's when he his last role. Can I ask you a question? Do you think he's still going to auditions? Yeah. I'll ask you another question. Do you think he's still alive? <laughs> he's alive. He's probably hanging out with Mark Pillow. Neither can be reached for comment. He is 38 years old now. He's only 38. Yeah. Still got some acting in him. He's yeah, a youngin'. If by acting you mean putting on a paper hat. <laughs> you know who gets more work than that guy does now? J.T. Walsh. E.T. The fucking puppet. The worst starship <laughs> mechanic. He's a lousy mechanic, that little guy. Terrific botanist. Which comes in handy when you're trying to fix a ship. Ship's An a interstellar plant. craft. I think I'll grow some Everyone plants. from that film... Everyone from that film. Drew Barrymore. Peter Coyote, thank you. Steven Spielberg. With the mother... What was her name? D. Wallace. D. Wallace is still acting? What's his excuse? He's Robert McNaughton. That's his excuse. Oh, wait. You know what? He's on the E.T. DVD. Is he? And he's looking worse for the wear. I can't believe they got him for that. Do you think it's because Hollywood has worked him too hard? (laughs) I think in the interview he said, yeah, I've decided to take a 16-year vacation. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, I remember that because at the end of that he said, Mission accomplished. <laughs> I remember he said, the one-two punch of I am the cheese and E.T. the extraterrestrial has left me parched for rest. <laughs> I am going to slowly... I am going to go away until my bank account is is nigh. Even Shakespeare would have quit after that one-two punch. One-two punch to the balls... There's a film balls. He is not acting anymore. <laughs> you don't know that for certain. He just may not be acting in films. Hold on a second. He's made... He has some television credits. His last one being 1987. He was in Visitors, the TV movie. Okay. A Place to Call Home. But I think we'll all agree <laughs> that his role as Tom in... The Electric Grandmother. <laughs> now, wait, before you before you, you uh, poke fun at this, how do you turn down this script? Imagine you're this fella, Rob McNaughton, or Tom, or Jimmy. Robert. Sitting at your desk, pondering your next career move, when all of a sudden, the FedEx guy throws the script on your desk, and you look down and go, my God. It's the electric grandmother. Actually, I think in his case, he didn't throw a script on his desk. 
a script <laughs> accidentally rerouted to the poorhouse. <laughs> yeah, I think we get safe to safe to assume he may not own a desk. It made its way to the nearest Chili's where he was working. <laughs> no, that's not true because on his IMDb page, it said worked at Chili's 1994. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the quote he gave them is like. These two years of dealing out margaritas and slop have left me famished for rest. <laughs> this is post election. I am grandmother. going to take a vacation <laughs> from the restaurant business. Well, I can understand why he never worked again. Because, I mean, really, E.T. was a little scene film. It must have been hard getting work after that. I mean, granted, very, very obscure film. I think it what what it was was that the Electric Grandmother required Which, so much effort. Electric Grandmother came before E.T., am I mistaken? Yeah, no. it did. So oh, wait, what, wait, wait. what came then, after then why am E.T. I talking about this? What came after E.T.? <laughs> Mrs. E.T. <laughs> that selfish bastard. <laughs> she had to help herself. Okay, what was his last role? Yeah, what was what was what came after E.T. for him? <laughs> and the funny thing is this won't be amended because I thought it whatever was the we say grandma. was his last role, pretty much will be. <laughs> it is I am the cheese in 1983. No, he did a TV movie in 87, but 83 was his last All right, feature. Dog on it. 87. What was it? Visitors TV movie. Yeah. Let's see how how highly billed he was on that. I'm gonna say at least 15th. Uh, he's the only one name I know. Although John Standing was in it. Funny he, thing about him. Wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. When was John Standing's last role? I can take more a recently, guess. recently, I would bet. Let's let's have a bet here. Who works I'll more? 2002. I'm going to say the Visitors. Oh, my God. 87. John Standing is in V for Vendetta. Oh, yeah? Yep. Great. Yes. So that would have been what, 89, 90? <laughs> Six. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of V, the visitors from beyond the world. Did you know they're doing a Lassie movie? D. Wallace a new Stone's one? in it. A new one, Mm-mm. a big one. And he's in it. You know who the star? Peter Dinklage. Really? Peter Dinklage in a Lassie. You're fucking I kidding. Where to heaven? Oh, holy fuck! Is he in the dog suit? No. <laughs> He's, like, he plays two parts. He plays Rowley and Chunk of Alpo. <laughs> <laughs> no. We'll know. We'll know if Peter's in the. It, we'll know if someone's in the dog suit because if, if they accidentally call him Peter instead of Lassie. <laughs> Bad actors. No, come on. Who who who's directing that? Who else is in it? I want to know who wrote it and who greenlit it. Directed by Charles Sturridge. He wrote, direct, and produced it. Samantha Morton's in it. Peter O'Toole is You're in it. You're kidding. Kelly McDonald is in it. What? John Standing is in it. <laughs> you know who else is in it? Who, who's credited as being in this? Mm-hmm. Lassie. <laughs> this is like the 94th Lassie. Holy though. shit. Guess what other... <laughs> Holy shit. Here's Lassie's filmography. This particular incarnation. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I don't know if this is the same Lassie because there's a... a 40 year gap between two of the films. <laughs> it's a fucking dog. Lassie is, is Lassie has two films in the future, it says here. 
Lassie, and the untitled Spike Jones Charlie Kaufman project. Joke. No. And the funny thing is, he plays Glenn. The name. Well, I didn't even hear it. What's this? Roger that... Ebert is co-writing it with him. What? Which one? That Lassie? Yeah, no, the, the the untitled Spike Jones movie. Really? Roger Ebert? Yep. Isn't it supposed to be like a horror film? Isn't that what I heard? Just telling you. <clears throat> what was the director of the Lassie movie again? What was his name? I, I left. It's Charles Sturridge. It's a great name. It is a horror film. Lassie? <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's fucking incredible. Didn't he didn't he direct Cider House Rules, by the way? Lassie? Halstrom? Well, guess what other I film? appreciate it. Hey, what other film did Lassie Halstrom direct? My Life is a Dog. Oh, yeah? Yep. Which is what Peter Dinklage's biopic's going to be, isn't it? According to you, it's going to be in the damn suit. By the way, Lassie Halstrom has this new film out right now, An Unfinished Life, starring Robert Redford. It's not a joke. Yeah. Robert Redford and uh, J-Lo. How is that doing at the box office? It's not... Well, is it beating into the blue? No. Funnily enough, I think Lassie Hallstrom is from Finland. A Finnish life he has led. Nice. Yeah. And sharks have mouth that have in it teeth and ass. <laughs> Godzilla versus. Mega oh Mega Gyrus I can spoil Mega, this Mega Gyrus that's a great movie I can spoil this no problem okay Godzilla can Godzilla defeat the evil Mega Gyrus Nick does he yes and the great thing is Mega Gyrus is a has a bat face okay a bat face sorta okay this mean, is not the one with Hideki Matsui in it is it that's Godzilla 2000? 2000 I think and the the ironic thing is that. Godzilla is the one that knocks him out of the park. <laughs> okay, this is the film where what's the guy's name? Mega Gyrus. <laughs> Mega Gyrus. That's the one. Mm-hmm. This is the one where he uh, decides he's had enough. <laughs> he's had enough of his marauding existence, and he opens up a little shop. Who Godzilla? Yeah, no, Mega <laughs> Mega Gohirish. <laughs> <laughs> But, but here's the thing. No, listen. No, but he opens up a cross from Godzilla's shop. Oops. He is tired of looking for Godzilla, so he opens up a little corner shop. And he lures Godzilla in with his low prices. <laughs> and then they duke it out amidst his shop. You're saying that Godzilla had to go to the bathroom. What? No. No, I'm telling you. I just, what did I just say? So Godzilla, so in addition to having radioactive <laughs> breath, is a savvy shopper. Of course. And Mecha Gohirosh knew this. <laughs> so he was de- he was almost defeated by he was low, defeated, low prices. He was defeated by capitalism. Funnily enough, Hideki Matsui yes. delivers Batface. Really? That's not a baseball joke. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so what? what's next, Justin? No, I don't think we're finished with this one. <laughs> how did Mecha Gohirosh... <laughs> how did he acquire a business license? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I know how. He showed up at the bank in a suit. G.I. <laughs> Joe, the movie. Holy shit. It stars Don Johnson. And now, I, I think I saw this 80,000 years ago, along with Quest for Fire. I think, is that the one with... Um, I don't know if I saw that in the theater or not. I don't think I did. I don't... Did it make it to the theater? Oh, yeah. I remember. Shit was in the theater. What year? 83. It looks like it was made in 87. That was way off. At the height of the G.I. Joe popularity. Was it that late? I thought G.I. Joe... No. G.I. Joe's height was like early... Like 84, 85. Was it? Yeah. I know. I was in the mix. After Zartan, it was all downhill from there. I agree. So you Nick, know what's so funny? What? One of the things that almost caused them to have to discontinue the shooting schedule for Maniac Cop was Zartan. Because it didn't match his earlier work. Let me ask a question about this film. Why do you own it? <laughs> look look on the shelf where where it came from. Is that a G- will I see a GI Joe section? Yes. Oh, I do you know what I see GI Jane. I, I like GI Jane. Alphabetized. Via Viggo Mortensen. I like it. Alphabetize it. Viggo Mortensen and Jason Beggy together and the now d- defunct and bankrupt. She's and, in that movie? And bankrupt. Sam Rockwell was going to be in that movie, got fired, wouldn't jump in the water. He w- Which role? I don't know. What kind of idiot won't jump in the water? I don't know, but he didn't, and then later worked with Ridley Scott on Matchstick Men. Yes. It's a little piece of uh, uh, trivia for you folks out in the podcast land. Red, Wa- Red Rock West. Great. Great movie. Steve hasn't seen it. <sighs> no, not surprised. But maybe Steve can help us with the ending of the film. Shit, I don't remember the ending of the film. I can tell the ending of this film. Dennis Hopper does not live at the end, I'll give you that. Nick Cage, like that was kind of, this movie came out when Nick Cage was still turn, churning out great performance after great performance, I'd say. The ending of this film involves the now defunct communist regime sending over their own answer to the Beatles to America. So the Red Rock, the West... My favorite Dwight Yoakam performance. Is he in that? No way. Uh, That lends itself towards it being (laughs) one of my favorite performances of him. Because he wasn't in it? Yeah, if he he was in it. If he wasn't in it, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed his work as much. No, he's not in the credits. He's a truck driver. J.T. Walsh was in it. Yes. That's a guy that was good in every movie he's in. He got his foot bitten off by a shark in this film. Uh, Who? J.T. Walsh. I don't think it was Red Rock West you're thinking of. No, it's this one. Why? He was a member of the band that the communists sent over. <laughs> JT no longer among the living, but he was a very vibrant actor in his day. Would you agree? Nick Nunziata. Always a fan of JT Walsh. Okay. Do you also enjoy Laura Flynn Boyle, who was a co-star in this film? No. I think she should change her name to Laura Thinboyle. Because 
I think I changed my name. <laughs> I think if I had sex with her, I would Peter Boyle afterwards. <laughs> JT Walsh had a... Uh, She's so hot, I would Dennis Hopper. JT Walsh had a business down on South Beach, right? He owned a car Walsh. <laughs> Oh my god, it's not good. <laughs> Welcome to the Chud Podcast. I'm Nick Nunziata. Alongside me is Boston's own Dave Davis. Hey there. Atlanta's own Justin Waddell. Hi. New York's own Devin Faraci. I'm hoping to not make this a hat trick of failed podcasts. <laughs> That's a good plan. Hat trick. I know a little sports terminology. That's a hockey term. I thought you were talking about that thing that people who haven't been circumcised do. A little hat trick. I thought you were talking about hat tricks. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about a film that is good. quickly leaving theaters. We hope. The Fog. Oh, oh you I thought I was going to do Serenity. Yeah, I thought that's what you were going to do. A little twist. We'll you, would you, what would you guys rather talk about right now? Serenity or The Fog? The Fog. We, we it's fresh in fog, my mind. Yeah. Fog. Unfortunately, it's the still fog. lingering in my mind. The Fog, starring Tom Welling. Maggie Grace. Maggie Ghost. <laughs> and directed by Rupert Wainwright. Don't forget Selma Blair. The Summer sole Blair. redeeming quality of the film. There's no redeeming quality of the film. I if do like is, her. But if there was to be one. Okay. In theory. Selma Blair Selma looked Blair. more awake in this film <laughs> than, than, than normal. normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a remake of a John Carpenter film. And by John Carpenter, I mean the guy who creates toilets. John. Out of wood. <laughs> 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 and that's that's Glenn Plummer. Oh. <laughs> so we didn't like the fog, did we? No. There were some problems with the fog, uh, mainly that it existed. Yeah, you know, I was hoping it'd be good because I'm not a huge fan of the original, and now I realize I am a huge fan of the original. <laughs> yeah, they there was nothing to like in that movie at all. There was at no point was it worth watching. Well, I, you know, I did do the set visit of The Fog, so it was worth it for me to see the garbage scenes that I watched being filmed <laughs> become garbage scenes on an actual theater screen. Yeah. Not only was it not worth watching, it was not worth winning with Mark Harmon. For <laughs> okay, for those who, who don't know, perhaps we should, we should recap the quote-unquote plot. She was a ghost the whole time. The plot is <laughs> Rade Sherbegia... <laughs> is transparent <laughs> and hates an island um, what's the if you were to single out Dave the worst thing about this movie what would it be um, let's see probably well the the worst as in my favorite worst thing <laughs> Wait, there's a favorite. The word favorite my, my never favorite crossed worst my thing mind. was probably the excessive defenestration, <laughs> which was uh, the ghost's uh, main way to, to, to our, slay. To our readers without a dictionary, 
Please Defenestration ex- means hurling people or objects through glass. And this occurs approximately every four minutes in the film. Now, please explain to our less intelligent readers what glass is. <laughs> glass is when sand is superheated and becomes a liquid which appears solid but is transparent. Please explain to Moltisanti. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I think I saw him on the menu tonight. Justin, mm-hmm. tell me about the fog. <laughs> what about it ruined you the most? I, it's hard to single out what, what Darth ruined you. What was so bad, but one thing I noticed is that every time they showed fire or flame in that, you know, in that movie, they made it was slow motion. Do you know you notice that? Like except, it was except for for near the end when for no apparent reason, everybody's car was on fire. I missed that whole part. <laughs> you you may have been checking your IMs at that point. <laughs> yeah. Devin, if you could, please, tell me what the fuck. <laughs> period. Yeah. Period. Uh, I'm just really impressed by the level of technology that allowed them to create that animatronic Tom Welling. That <laughs> no, no, that was that was the real one. I have, from Tom Willing um, proves that he is in fact a terrible, horrible actor, and uh, it was really impressive to just watch him there with his one facial feature, one 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 uh, look on his face, uh, just sort of staring around and spending the entire film as the hero doing actually not one thing at all until the very end when he gives his heroic speech after watching a man be set on fire by the ghosts. His speeches. Let's go. And then he hurls the script. The moral of which being, (laughs) ghosts carry matches. He did make a convincing fisherman thanks to the turtleneck sweater. The thing that bothered me about Welling, I couldn't help but notice he kept doing his little jaw clenching so that his jaw muscles moved. He's buff, and I hate seeing that. I hate seeing that. His face is also buff. That used to be Paul Walker's method. Devin's kind of slight him. He did rescue that kid. From uh, the fog yeah, filled house. Total that, spoiler. That's that, almost as big a spoiler as she was, she was a, ghost a ghost the, the whole time. time. Uh, that I don't, kid, I, don't I think, was a ghost. pretty well armed with tape, though, and I think that he probably could have. That's true. Ghosts with his tape. Um, one thing we should also point out, too, aside from the fact that she was a ghost the whole time, when when Tom Welling first finds her, Maggie Grace, uh, she's hitchhiking. Just, just like in the original, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis was hitchhiking, a little tribute. Hitchhiking. The one part they kept. Hitchhiking on an island. From where? You know what? Here's the thing. I think we should have known the ending during the game, the softball game sequence in the movie, <laughs> where they say, we need a ghost runner, and Maggie Grace ran out. Stepped up. <laughs> I don't think she was a ghost the whole time like you guys do, though. But you're wrong. There's yeah. really no other explanation for the end. Of but you know what? No explanation for if you film. if you say that she was a ghost all the time, it doesn't make sense if you look at the film. If you say she wasn't a ghost all the time, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. No. However, they do they do solve the mystery of the island by eating at a local restaurant and looking at the pictures on yeah, the wall. Yeah, the, the island's kids menu has a coloring book that says, "Please color and solve the mystery of our island's ghost population." I think she was. I think she was. 
kissed into a ghost, into being a ghost. She was kissed into the past by the romantic ghostly raid. I, I don't even Serpa have the Yeager. argument that that doesn't make sense because nothing in the film makes Although sense. I think if you were to ask Rade Sherbegia, he would like to kiss Maggie Grace in the past. Raid. Sherbegia. Raid. <laughs> the star of surface. That is, is the, that is the official licensed repellent of, of Mr. Sherbegia. Raid <laughs> Sherbegia. I don't know much about him, but I do know this. Not choosy when it comes to his roles. I like I love the fact that in Batman Begins he was guy who receives coat. <laughs> <laughs> he was outstanding in Eurotrip. You know, I I don't want to give our listeners a false impression about the fog though. Um, <clears throat> I think listening to us they may think that the fog is a really is bad moderately film. entertaining it's, in any way. The fog is perhaps one of the worst films produced in the last decade. I would say easy. I it would, is very forgetful. <laughs> I don't get it. That was a Steve Murphy. Not forgettable and forgetful. But it's it is it is I mean chirp, chirp, it is a chirp. terrible film that I have not seen the likes of that kind of film in a theater in a long time. It is that bad. I think someone should remake it. And and like Nick said, I mean the the original which I don't think is outstanding really does a lot of things right that this just this just doesn't copy. Well, doesn't the make thing, sense the for thing one about- thing for one thing the original almost sort of kind of makes sense. Well, not only that, the original plays on a very old tradition of ghost story right. where there's the, 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 sea, the sea town and there's the ghosts that come in. It's, you know. it's vengeful spirits. Yeah. This thing tries to be, I don't know what it tries to be, but it's got the whole thing with the, with the there's these artifacts from the, the ship's wreck that have bizarre that have effects some, some on humanity. some kind of significance that keeps reappearing on people's computer screens and it also made uh, one of the girls possessed so that she drew it on a window before she was thrown through a window before she was defenestrated Defenestrated. and also it also magically appeared in scorch marks on a wall it did was yeah. it before lighthouse? or after yeah, the, the randomly the burning dog the burn no the randomly burning dog the movie opens up with a randomly burning dog that is never again referenced or explained um, I didn't know it was burning. Well, it was steaming. It, it had been burned. It was definitely steaming. And it led to facial leprosy. Somehow <laughs> facial leprosy. Which was scoffed at. <laughs> which which was covered half-acidly with a Band-Aid. And then Ace Literally. Band-Aid. I think that, the, that that poor old man, there's, an old, there's a scene where Tom Welling's uncle or whatever... Is, <laughs> I can't leave without he, my dog. Tom Welling goes and has a conversation with him, and the whole time the, you're looking at the old man, and the, and the old man, is, the expression is, why isn't he noticing my scars? <laughs> He's like, we're having a conversation, but he has not asked me how my face is doing. Why doesn't he acknowledge my facial leprosy? Because that's because Tom Welling was obsessed with getting possessed by the ghost puss. We can't, we, we also can't omit the the black guy. Yeah, this film does improve on the original by including a black guy. It does have a black guy, but unfortunately there was apparently no dialogue for him in the script. So I think it was actually a white guy playing a doing black guy. his impersonation of a stereotypical black guy. That would almost be acceptable. But it's still not acceptable. This movie... He hides, he, he hides in a cooler... 
an airtight cooler. Which tells you that the only thing to fight fog-based ghosts is William H. Macy's ball sack. (laughs) (laughs) I learned a a valuable lesson from the fog, is that uh, statues can get leprosy, which I never knew. And paintings. So you've learned the statue of limitations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Also, glass kills. But seriously, this movie's a big piece of shit, and I want to kill myself for being on set. Wow. And you might have have to edit that. I might have to edit that out. No, this movie's a really terrible film. This movie's a terrible film. It is bad, but we should have known because the tagline was, no suspense, lots of defense... (laughs) 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 I I saw that on the poster Three, two Dave Davis has has said He has no love for Cameron Crowe No Why? I don't I don't hate his films But I don't like his films you don't I, previously, like... I previously said his most interesting film was Vanilla Sky. See, I don't, I don't, I, I and now. That was mostly because it kept my attention to the end because uh, I wanted to find out what the. See, hell was I'm going now a on. fan of that movie. You know, after watching it on DVD, I, I would like that movie a lot more if it did not have Cameron Diaz and Penelope Cruz in it. I could maybe handle one of them. Well, okay. Anally, I mean, be, be that as it may. Cameron Crowe seems like a true, a truly warm and un, un, uh, he's unafraid. Unashamedly? He's unafraid to get in touch with his emotions, filmmaker. Whether or not that works for you, uh, I mean, like, if you look at his filmography, Singles, Ridgemont High, Almost Famous, Say Anything, Jerry Maguire. I have been on record as saying that Say Anything is the... Easily the most overrated film of the 80s. I disagree. Was it released in the 80s? Enjoy Tell it. me why. I thought it was like 91. Quintessential Cusack. Boy, okay. that would fuck your theory. <laughs> I really think that... Uh, I would Masters have to shift decades. ...did not deliver on the premise, so I think that that takes the cake. Which film? Masters of the Universe. Is that the 80s or is that the 90s too? That was definitely the, that 80s. Was the 80s. That was the ta- right at the tail end, right? You yeah. can't argue with Frank Langella's performance, though. I see. I agree with Nick. I think that you can see Cameron Crowe's films as being weepy or sappy or whatever. But I think that's that's him. Or shamelessly sentimental. But I think that's him. I don't think that he's being manipulative. And also really long. That's true as well. He's also long. Uh, but that's just that's just the dude. I mean, I think that's just how he is. I'm not sure how to respond to that. I didn't realize it was time for the Cameron Crowe ass kicking though, because I thought Vanilla Sky. I was surprised to see how much money that movie made. It was a it was a hit. I was too. And then I figured he was he was good for a while, but he he really is kind of getting his ass kicked with this new one, Elizabeth Town. There's been kind of bad word on that one for since. Uh, and that's Toronto? about the Kate Blanchett theme park. Yeah, Toronto Vanishing. <laughs> Elizabeth Town. See, I think the reason why this film he's getting his ass kicked now is because everybody saw Vanilla Sky and it made a lot of money, but nobody liked it. Honestly. Up until like up until very recently, I did not know Elizabeth Town was a Cameron Crowe film. Interesting. Works for a movie. I did so know I... that it had Kirsten Dunst in it, and I despise her. <laughs> so I wouldn't have seen it anyway. She's awful. Even even with a short appearance by Jessica Biel. Very short. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is just getting worse and worse. 
That implies that she's good. You know, the film had a point. short appearance. Station agent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this another Dinklage reference? <laughs> I would hope so. You're all about the Dinklage. No, I mean, but Cameron Crowe. Okay, I, I want to know why you don't like Almost Famous. Because it's shamelessly sentimental. I don't think so. I mean, that's his and wh- long. Plus, the lead actor annoyed me. Billy Crudup? No, Patrick Fugit. I like Billy Crudup a lot, and I'm confused as to how he's not a bigger star. Because he doesn't appear in films very often. Why are you trying to invoke the, voice of the Fugit Tempest? He, it gets worse, a, doesn't it? Billy Crudup doesn't appear, <laughs> doesn't appear in a lot of movies, yet is going to be in Mission Impossible 3. I think that's just because he's... Uh, Yeah. How weird is that movie, Mission Impossible Three? It's Billy Crudup is in it, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg. Like how how totally fucking weird is that? Character? The Great. It's just the, it's like I hear Tom Cruise is in it too. They just keep, he is. They just keep adding and I imagine that most of the time. other actors will be killed in the first ten minutes, and then Tom Cruise <laughs> will resolve everything on his own. He will tell someone to feel better. I can I can almost guarantee that Greg, Greg Grunberg will make an appearance. He is. They've confirmed that already. Okay. Thank you. Your guarantee is... Do you mean I Greg was, Grunberg from Alias? The one and only. He's, he's great. In, he's, in, he's in everything that J.J. Abrams does. Including his right. wife. Including his baths. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate Greg, Greg Grunberg? <laughs> I like, Greg Grunberg. I like Greg Grunberg. He's huggable. Yeah, I mean, that guy's great. Much like our own Justin Waddell. Huggable? That's what I said. I don't understand. <laughs> That's because you don't hug. So, okay, almost famous. Okay, here's the thing. I'm the only one in the room without a beard. It's... <laughs> <laughs> that, feel like that, persecuted? Didn't, that didn't have anything to do with anything else. First of all, my wife is not a beard. <laughs> <laughs> She's a mustache. <laughs> and, and, a, and a handsome one. Almost Famous to me is like one of the least bullshit movies. See, I feel the opposite. I, it, it feels very artificial to me. Is it because you lead a hollow life? That's part of it. Okay. Did you, did you like Fast Times at least? Of course. Okay. Although I have to admit I have not seen it since high school. Which up. was also a long time ago. What about, okay, say anything. Overrated, how? It's not good. <laughs> it won no awards, and it did not do well in the box office. It did pretty well I'm sure most people know somebody who proposed to their girlfriend by holding a radio over their head outside he the window propose, or man. something similar. I know, and you know what? That's kept Cuba Gooding in work no, for I know some he time. Didn't, he didn't propose, but it's for some reason perceived as romantic. I know a guy who has that tattooed on his body. That saddens me greatly. I like that you had to say tattooed and then add <laughs> on his body. <laughs> on, his, on his person somewhere. This guy had it tattooed in space. On himself. <laughs> Most people tend to get tattoos in the ether. What about um, the fact that Cusack plays a kickboxer? I like John Cusack. Uh-huh. Not in the gay way. In the what? You heard me. In a gay way. I think it's the getaway. 
He was in the getaway. How do you feel about Jerry Maguire? I walked out of Jerry Maguire in my own house. Why? Because I honestly didn't care if Renee Zellweger and Tom Cruise got together. They were playing characters you do know. Oh, that changes things. Did you care if Tom Cruise banged John Travolta's wife and whether or not Scientologists had to be on set? I knew Scientology was going to come up at some point. (laughs) As long as they were properly audited after, that's all that matters. Yeah, what is auditing? Tell us, Justin. You've been been recently Elrond, haven't you? Do you like the band Heart? I heart, heart. Okay, so we're getting closer to maybe bringing you over to Cameron Crowe a little bit more. I don't understand. He's married to one of the ladies from Heart. Is it Nancy Wilson? It's the thinner one. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that makes not a lick of difference. Devin, what is an audit? It's the one that doesn't look like... (laughs) She ate a vanilla sky. And the rest saying? of her family. An audit is this bullshit thing that the Scientologists do to get your body thetans out to uh, remove the alien uh, spirits that uh, take residence inside of you. But do you know what how, what it entails? Uh, it entails some kind of e-meter. I'm not 100% sure. And it entails it, you have to spend money. It costs money to, to do that. <clears throat> and then they bring in the Scientology accountant and he audits you? <clears throat> he goes through your receipts. Dave has like this, this like M- NPR voice. It does. It sounds much. good. It sounds good. It's I don't know if his argument about hating Cameron Crowe was... His it wasn't really an balls. argument. It was more of a statement. I like it. Dave is close-minded. I am. I like clothes. You're like so close, though. I did, actually. Like you know why? Because it had gorgeous Asian How'd that work for shooting you? and kicking. <laughs> uh, Dave Davis like to recommend that everyone go out and buy Dagon. <laughs> Immediately. That is at least a rental. Yeah, I think the world would be a fucked place if... Uh, By fucked, th- you mean better? If the films that we have championed <laughs> succeeded. That's right. There would be... There would be... Uh, there would be... Equilibrium fan clubs. There would be... There would be... There would be clerics There would around. be... Co- gun kata coats. There are are both of those things. That's cool. There is the Equilibrium fan site, and we have people on our message board who uh, name themselves Cleric something or other. Hmm. So. What was their, what was their, their other job title in that? Grammaton? Grammaton. We have a Grammaton Cleric on our board. We could use some, some, that means that your dad's mom is fat. Okay. I like it. I like it. That was was circuitous. And, okay, so Equilibrium would be loved undead. You're you're (laughs) champion. Yes, I I don't know if I championed it, but... And what has Devin championed? Woody Allen. (laughs) I don't even remember. I'm very fickle when it comes to championing things. Um, Murder Ball. uh, And uh, Motorcycle Diaries. We have a lot of crippled communists running around if I, I have my way. Well, you know how I feel about the cripples. Tell us. You want to know they're not as good them? as the blood pools. They're, they're easy to catch. <laughs> Devin, I think Devin actually gets a bad rap as being the guy on the website who hates everything. 
and if you look at an average of his ratings, he uh, he scores thing far more positive than. But Devin's also perfectly content to give away like a one point two review, <laughs> which is like they misspelled the credits. He can be he can be fairly generous, but he can be a cruel bitch. Do you know how hard it is to have a one point two? Unfortunately, I do. We found out this afternoon. <laughs> I don't think I would rate the fog 1.2. I don't think I... I think I would rate it maybe... I thought we were talking about penises. It, it definitely deserves less than 1.2. What about a... So you're into you're into decimals at this point. See, how bad does a film have to fuck up to be a 1 out of 10? Well, I would assume that if it was a 1, maybe below a 1... The images on screen were actually not even moving. It did, it did cause intermittent laughter. Not in the film itself. Although it actually, was just from purely Devin. unintentional. And I think Devin was doing that partially because there were old people in front of him. <laughs> Look, I can't help but laugh when somebody explodes into flames and flies across a webcam. There is nothing that was actually pretty good. And I like how she knew he was dead. Yes. This is, this is of course, Selma Just Blair's because he DJ exploded character. across the room. <laughs> On live, <laughs> webcam. live webcam. It was webcast. Because fortunately, she, although the power went out, he had battery power to display his own death. <laughs> and somehow the power to work his wireless router. <laughs> Semantics. So what is a perfect example of a one-point movie? Like if the, the standard in which you judge all one-point movies by. One out of ten. The, as in the worst movie ever? No, I mean, the worst would be like a zero. I don't know if that's conceivable. I think if it is conceivable, somehow, Gus Van Sant will find a way to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I actually, Jerry scored very low on my rating system. How, how does it burst the fog? How many times have you remake? seen Jerry? Um, once. You have to see it two more times. Because that would be the geriatric. <laughs> Is that another hockey reference? Yeah. I understand. Okay. I didn't see Jerry, but I just saw, I think it was Premier Magazine, apologizing for have it. You seen, have you ever seen two people walking for 90 minutes? No. If you had... It would be Jerry. You would have seen Jerry. Carl Cunningham like Jerry. No, what's like? What is the what is the standard for bad movies for you? Like, like if somebody uh, like you're like Dave put on the spot. Like if somebody asks you to recommend a a See, masterpiece I, at your I office, think, you say Dagon. I think exactly because someone asked me for a masterpiece and I said Dagon. <laughs> but if somebody at your office were to come and you say, "What's a really bad movie?" I, as in, can you recommend a? Can bad you recommend movie for a me? shite movie to me, please? Yes, that would be that would be accurate. House of the Dead. I would say one good cop, <laughs> starring Stephen Baldwin. That's no, one tough cop. Is that? Oh, I got that confused with Michael Keaton's. I'm just one. trying to think of like movies that are just see a lot of blah. a lot of movies that are considered bad also tend to have something about them that you had been led to believe they were good. That makes them worse when you do see them. So, say if someone recommends a movie to you or several people recommend a movie to you and you 
you're expecting to enjoy it, and it turns out to be a complete piece of garbage, then uh, in your eyes, that makes it even worse. Is this, is this because you have quote, an expectation. This is a direct quote it. from the, the guy that you recommend Dagon to? <laughs> you quote no, him? no. Just like when we recommended... I'm paraphrasing. When we recommended Anchorman to Dave. <laughs> you not like that? I gave, I gave it a six. I love that movie. It is a classic. I love that movie. So apparently I am wrong. But a six isn't terrible. It's a D minus. Like I said. 